Well, clots are slowing down the EU vaccine rollout. Blood clots, that is. More countries are suspending the use of it, even though the UK continues to roll it out. It's adding to the slowness of the European recovery, whilst Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England reckons the UK recovery might actually be faster than the bank's current forecast, perhaps. And more spending in the US? Well, Nancy Pelosi wants them to crack on with planning for infrastructure spending. We'll also look at the latest Chinese activity data and jobs data for Australia today as well. It's Tuesday, the 16th of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, for shares, it's another, well, counter-cyclical day, really, in that the Nasdaq is back up again, rising 0.7%. That's more uh, than the Dow or the S&P 500. Shares in Europe are down a little, and the US dollar has flattened out a little. It is up ever so slightly today on the DXY, but the Aussie dollar, the pound, and the euro are all down roughly around a quarter percent. Not much bond movement. Uh, What there is is down for yields, down two basis points on 10-year treasuries, a similar story for 10 years across much of Europe. And oil is down a little, about 03 percent down for WCI, a bit more for Brent. So there we are, relatively quiet night. Uh, to make it sound a bit more interesting, though, Rodrigo Cotrill is here. Uh, this is, I don't know, he's going to do that, though, because this could be one of the quieter starts to the day that we've seen in weeks or, or possibly months, maybe. No big moves in in anything, is there today, which which can be unnerving. It's it's just too damn quiet, Rodrigo. <laughs> Morning, Phil. Yeah, it's certainly a, a quiet start to the week. There's, there's a couple of sort of themes for one, I suppose, when we're looking at the, the big sort of driver volatility in recent times, uh, 10-year treasury yields have eased somewhat from, from the highs that we saw last week. So um, certainly the market's sort of taking a breather. And of course, we have the FOMC coming up uh, later in the week. So maybe that's one factor playing into the calmness in markets. And I suppose that the mm. other big theme uh, is what's going on in Europe and, and the vaccine, which is kind of keeping uh, markets a little bit sort of uh, aware or concerned about the the fact that Europe is lagging behind in terms of the vaccine rollouts. And uh, It's not going to get any better, is it? I and mean, it's not going to get any better at this stage. That's right. Yeah. So Germany, Italy, France, and now we've just learned Spain as well are all suspending use of the AstraZeneca vaccine, which obviously is... Uh, one of the more readily available cheaper vaccines. There's going to be an assessment made uh, Tuesday their time, according to Emmanuel Macron, by the European regulator. Uh, so, you know, it's just slowing down their their vaccine rollout. I mean, the US is edging towards 40% vaccinated. Italy, which has uh, gone back into lockdown today, and Germany and France all around 11%. There's a clear divide emerging, isn't there? There's a clear divide, and, and it's been one of those factors that has played into the sort of the performance of the euro. If you remember not long ago, um, the euro was was what actually traded above 23 123 and we were looking for for the potential of the euro breaking higher um, and now we're seeing a, a significant reversal with the euro now trading around 1 119 so this idea of europe lagging behind is certainly uh, not only an economic factor but it's also playing into the performance of the currency and at this stage it seems that this underperformance has a little bit of room to play out uh, if if the vaccine rollouts continue to be delayed yeah uh, conversely, you know, we had Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England sort of talking things up. Uh, of course, we've got the uh, the Bank of England monetary policy meeting coming up this week as well. I mean, he was trying to do uh, well. He was sounding cautious and optimistic at the same time in, in a way that only central bankers can actually pull off convincingly. Uh, he was uh, <laughs> saying he wanted to take a more balanced view than Andy Haldane. Andy Haldane was the one who actually said the UK economy could bounce back like a coiled spring. 
But he also said, uh, this is uh, Andrew Bailey said, that the economy might actually uh, perform more strongly than the Bank of England initially predicted, them, more than their current forecasts. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens. But obviously, it, it, a lot of it is going to be to do with that vaccine rollout. Yes, there's certainly um, uh, sort of this awareness that the Bank of England is now sounding more positive. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. not long ago, we, the Bank of England was talking about the potential of, of negative interest rates. And now they're talking about the, you know, sort of the more balanced approach that there's upsides and downsides to, to the outlook. Uh, but certainly there's this that shift away from, from the sort of the, the concerns of the uh, economic outlook, which is consistent again with the vaccine rollouts. And, and play, this, this is why it's such an important factor in the sense that you're having your ability to reopen. And at this stage, the UK is, is, is sort of gaining ground on Europe and, and indeed is, is sort of leading all, all the other major economies in terms of the vaccine rollout. So, so it's, it's great news for the UK economy. Whereas over the other side of the English Channel, uh, Mario Centineo uh, from the ECB, or Centino, I should say, has been talking overnight. Uh, decisions on the adjustments of the PEP, uh, the bond buying program there, is going to be made on a monthly basis, he said. Yield curve control is not part of the agenda. And he is hoping for a better Q2 and Q3. Well, you wonder about that now, don't you? And he did also mention inflation might be uh, the next impact on the back of increased trade with the US, thanks to the Biden stimulus. He's seeing some spillover effects from that happening in Europe, perhaps. They're his views anyway. Yes, I mean, I think at this stage, um, you know, there's, there's some countries that may have a potential inflation challenge. Uh, certainly the US is, is one leading country or leading economy in that regard. The UK is not far behind, but the UK has sort of more that tradable sort of side of the inflation that, that plays a big factor. Um, and if anything, when you think of Europe, Europe, um, based on the ECB's own forecast last week, um, they don't expect inflation to become a major issue over the forecast horizon. So that's, you know, two and a half years. And, and they, they don't see that inflation lifting well above that 1.4 level. So uh, at this stage, it's, it's really not an issue in, in Europe. Um, but certainly it's, it's, it will become a bigger concern as the base effects play into uh, the US economy as well. Well, you know, and how much further can they go in the US? So Nancy Pelosi today instructing the Democrats to start work on the big, bold, transformational infrastructure package. I mean, just like Donald Trump had promised, of course, but he never actually delivered it apart from building the wall. Uh, but Joe Biden had proposed this. He, he, In fact, up to the election, he proposed $2 billion was spent on this in the run up to the election. I mean, can you... Uh, can you keep uh, forcing the issue without seeing inflation? I mean, uh, I guess you know with QE that'll that'll do its thing. But you know, another, I mean, if you imagine another two trillion created in the U.S. economy, what's that going to do? Well, it's, there's a couple of very important points to make about this. One is that. Uh, first of all, how is this going to be funded? And there's a mm. lot of talk about the change in tax. Um, what seems like a, a, a safe bet, if you like, is the, the reversal of, of the corporate tax declines that uh, President Trump introduced, uh, for one. So that will be a source of income for this infrastructure spending. There's also a lot of talk around, you know, higher income earners being taxed a little bit more, um, and also expanding the state tax reach and so on. So, so, I think that the one big component in terms of all this infrastructure spending will be funded by taxes. So that's one component. The other thing as well, we all remember that the fiscal cliff will become a very important narrative, um, you know, next year. The, the, yeah. the fiscal government in US spends so much money this year 
that it just purely from a sort of base effect, it will be a, a massive retraction, if you like, next year. So if you like, then if, if, if this is timed properly and the infrastructure spending is introduced, you know, as the fiscal spending is fading from, from the current stimulus, then it may well be not a bad thing. Um, yeah. And then the other thing as well is the infrastructure spending, unlike this, this fiscal stimulus uh, at the moment, it will be spread out over a few years and it will take time to, to be rolled out. So um, so it may well actually benefit the, the, the economic outlook for, for, for the U.S. economy that without necessarily being more inflationary than, than the current stimulus is likely to well, be. And I guess that's a Nancy Pelosi is saying, let's start working on the plan now. Not Let's not start working on spending it. Let's start working on what, we, what we're going to spend it on. So that kind of makes sense sense, doesn't it? What of the uh, the Chinese activity data that we saw? A bit of a mixed bag, wasn't it? But on balance, well, it seems uh, it, it seems to have knocked shares down a little bit, 2% off the CSI 300. I'm not sure if that's related, uh, but shares in, in China are definitely following a very different path to the United States at the moment, aren't they? Definitely. Um, and I suppose uh, yesterday's activity readings were important. Um, there was a lot of focus on whether uh, China's activity was remain has remained buoyant, and, and I suppose that it has remained buoyant to some extent. Um, there's certainly been a pullback in terms of the investment side, which was also expected because um, the the focus from from uh, officials in China that certain parts of the economy is is, is overheating, in particular the the property sector. So a, a bit of a pullback in that regard was kind of expected, um, but overall it, it does sort of paint the picture that um, the officials in China or the the, 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 the efforts from officials in China to slow down a little, little bit of, of the activity in China appears to be working. And I suppose the other kind of interesting thing is, is the reaction, in, as you say, of the equity market. Um, there's a lot of focus in terms of the liquidity that uh, the PBOC is providing. And yesterday they provided just enough of liquidity than, than what the market was hoping for. And that appears to, to raise a little bit of concerns and played into the, the, the underperformance of the equity market as well. So China is certainly trying to, to focus on those overheating sectors of, of the economy. And, and the equity market in particular is showing quite a lot of sensitivity around the measures that that the PBOC is introducing. So certainly a theme to watch. Um, uh, you know, not long ago, we saw that big decline in CSI of around 13% and it did rattle yes. markets. So yeah. we, we need to focus and, and just keep an eye on that to make sure that we don't see a repeat of that. Yeah, because it picked back up again and now it's back down. I mean, it's it's, it's right. back down to that worst, isn't it? So look, the RBA minutes, we're doing a tour of the central banks today, aren't we? We get the RBA <laughs> minutes from the from the last meeting today. Uh, I mean, I, I guess we've heard quite a bit from Philip Lowe, haven't we, since that meeting? Yeah, we, we don't expect any major surprises from, from the minutes and maybe an expansion of the thinking of, of, the, of the bank. But uh, certainly the, the, the main focus or the main idea is that we know they're, they're, they're pushing back in terms of the current sort of lifting in cash rate expectations, uh, which is is really what we've seen around major economies as well. Uh, and also the emphasis that it's about the full employment and, and to get to this maximum level of employment, you also need to see a lift in wages growth, which needs to be above 3%. Mm. And at the moment, the, the, the RBA doesn't expect that to happen well, before 2024. Speak of the devil, obviously it's not going to be 3% uh, sh showing uh, anywhere near that, but the, uh, the weekly payroll jobs and wages data is out today for the week of uh, February the 27th and also the weekly consumer confidence reading as well. Uh, so uh, some numbers to look out for there. Yes, I mean, saying that the weekly payrolls 
Jobs hasn't been a very good guide in terms of what to expect for, for the labor market, which we will get a, a, another number on Thursday. Uh, but certainly something, I think, you know, it's data that's worth keeping right. an eye on. Okay. And elsewhere, the zoo survey for Germany, uh, but really it's vaccine rollouts that count, isn't it? And then for the US, uh, February's industrial production numbers. I mean, you know, we've had some upside surprises, haven't we, from the US. We've also got retail sales and early tomorrow, the uh, the NAHB housing market index. Yes, uh, retail sales and the uh, housing market index are probably going to be a little of a focus. Um, the retail sales are expected to show a little bit of an ease after the decent number that we got in the previous month. And the, the housing market index, um, there's a lot of people expecting no change there in the number, uh, but some of the economies that we're following are warning that there's a potential for a pullback there given the, the, the severe weather that we've encountered or that the US encountered in recent times. All right, well, okay. Well, that will do, I think, for now. Good to talk, Rodrigo. Till next time. <laughs> Talk soon, Phil. Cheers. And that's it. That's the morning call for this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.